emergency podcast <laughs> status. <laughs> I, I feel like I just talked to you guys. What what happened? <laughs> Boy, time flies. Welcome to what another edition indeed. here of KGW's three on three Blazers. Jared Cowley in the house. Max Barr on the ones and twos. Nate Hansen on my left. My name's Orlando Sanchez. Guys, we did not expect to be here, but a woge bomb has put us into a state of emergency. Carmelo Anthony agreeing to a deal with the Portland Trail Blazers, a non-guaranteed one-year contract, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. As you mentioned, Jared, we really don't – this is our first time talking, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to hear what our takes are on this. But um, I don't know if you guys just want to take the mic and go from here and, and, and let's ride. I mean, this is the first time – this is actually the first time all four of us have been together since this news broke because Jared was off last night. He was done with work for the day. And this is actually Jared's off day. We have Jared yeah, coming in Props on his Jared. off day to do this. So, Jared, I want to hear your thoughts. You're the one coming in here. Well, first of all, last night I I went I left work and I got home and I started making dinner and I was making this delicious chicken and rice in my Instant Pot. And so I was really focused on that. And then I had my daughter's play at the high school. And so I went to that. And then I'm sitting there waiting for the play to start and I, and I start getting some, some beeps on my phone. So I pulled out and look at it and it's a text you know thread from you guys and it's talking about an emergency podcast and and then i see the word <laughs> i see the word mellow and i'm like what you're like no way yeah. mellow what happened and so i texted back real quick did the blazer sign mellow and i think nate said yep <laughs> yeah and so then i turned uh, to my wife who was sitting next to me and i said the blazer signed carmelo anthony she's like you didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no i was making dinner and doing all this other stuff so it was uh, very much breaking news to me, broken not by Woj, but by my friends here on the podcast. Um, my reaction, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's really hard because how do you know what Carmelo is now? We know what he was last season in Houston. He wasn't that good. Uh, certainly the Rockets didn't think so. They let him go after 10 games or 12 games or whatever it was. And he was, you know, okay, mediocre maybe in Oklahoma City the year before that. But on the other hand, the Blazers have no power forwards on the roster right now. And if there's an ideal position for Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career, it's power forward. So I don't know. It's I'm, I was thinking about it last night. If Carmelo Anthony had signed with any other team in the NBA, I would have been very interested in it and excited about it. And I would have wanted to follow how it went and and you know, how Carmelo plays and how he fits in with, with whatever team he signed with. He signed with the Blazers. So I'm very interested in it, and I very much want to see how it plays out. My initial reaction was the Blazers have hit the panic button. <laughs> we, we've talked about, you know, they. you brought it up in the podcast we did yesterday. You said, I don't think they can wait till December 15th when more players become available to trade for the Blazers to make a move. We just didn't think they would do anything with the open roster spot because, at least publicly, they had pretty much said, we're not going to do anything with that open roster spot. And so, to me, it hits on the point you did yesterday. They just could not waste time sitting back with these guys. They agreed with uh, with what we our assessment yesterday on the podcast, basically. The Blazers' front office is telling you, what we have right now is not good enough, and it can't get us through another month and a half to when we or another month at least to when we might be able to make deals to try and, and improve this roster this year we need something because we don't have it right now 
And so they've hit the panic button. They're not wasting any time to try and do something here. And to your point, we don't know what type of Carmelo Anthony we're going to get. But we know what we're getting from Mario Hazonia, Anthony Tolliver, those guys who have tried to fill those power forward minutes, and it's next to nothing is what the Blazers have gotten. So they're rolling the dice and hoping to see what he's got left in the tank. Woj uh, reporting that the earliest that Melo would play with the Blazers would be on Tuesday against New Orleans. Mind you, this is a six-game road trip, so it's a bummer just based on that for the Portland Trail Blazers in Rip City that whenever this actually becomes official and and, uh, goes down and he's on the team, you won't see him in Portland for almost two weeks. Yeah, for a while. So that's a bummer. Uh, But I agree, Nate. It was very telling about where the Blazers are internally. Uh, The first word that came to mind for me was desperation. They were desperate. They needed to make a move because of all the things that we've mentioned on this podcast before, specifically at the four spot. I mean, they they've tried. Yeah. Uh, Terry Stott's pregame the other day uh, was kind of pressed on what can you do at the four position, and and his answer was basically like I've tried everything. <laughs> yeah. Like every guy that we have on this roster has basically had an opportunity, including a rookie, a 19 year old who made his first start since high school, yeah. uh, was out there with the Blazers uh, in game number 12 of the season. So. Initially, that's what I thought as I was like, man, this is so telling with the, with the Blazers. And on the other hand, it's also like, what the heck? Like, why not? Right. You have nothing to lose here. Like, if yeah. it works out, great. And if it doesn't, back to picking up guys off the G League or it whatever really for the next is month. A, it's, it's a no-risk signing, especially because of the way the contract is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a, as, as minimum a contract as you can get, and it's only guaranteed until January 7th. You know, mm-hmm. it, it actually doesn't count against the luxury tax unless he remains on the Blazers roster after January 7th. So they basically have these next two months now, which, I mean, you look at the Blazers front office and where they were, there weren't any players who are going to be available to trade until at least December 15th, Mm -hmm. most likely. And even then, a lot of teams aren't ready to trade at that point. So you might not have a willing trade partner. So you're looking at the next couple months before they can realistically make a trade to fill that position. You're looking at Mario Hazonia and Anthony Tolliver and, who knows what you're going to get from Nasir Little, or you take a chance on Carmelo Anthony. If he doesn't work out, you can cut him, mm-hmm. yeah. and it doesn't affect you in any way. Basically, for like the Rockets you get did, Carmelo right? fan, yeah. you know, Carmelo Anthony fans mad on Twitter, but because <laughs> yeah. man, people love him. Yeah, you get Dwayne Wade mad, LeBron mad. <laughs> right. I love how LeBron was like, "Yes, you know, yeah. great." Grady's back in the league. Well, if you feel that way, why isn't he on your team? <laughs> right. You know, type thing. Uh, <laughs> But no, so yeah, my initial reaction was panic button, desperation. But then obviously your brain goes to how is this going to work yes, here yes. in Portland? Because we, we talked, at least I talked about a lot on the last podcast that I thought the Blazers' biggest weakness so far has been closing games on the defensive end of the floor. Oof. Obviously Carmelo Anthony signing him, bringing him onto the roster doesn't address that at all. Right. But the one thing it does address is... Just based on his career and what he's done and his track record, he's a better scorer than anyone they're currently playing out there on the floor. And so I think, Max, I'm going to give you credit for tweeting this. I think you said defense doesn't matter if you're making every bucket. I think you tweeted (laughs) in reaction to this. So that kind of seems to be the strategy for the Blazers. But honestly, that 
it might be what they're trying to do. They have to relieve pressure from Damian Lillard. Defensively, the Raptors isolated Lillard. They basically said, anyone else outside of Dame beat us. And they didn't respect Nasir Little making a shot. And so they need someone out there who can at least command the respect of a defense offensively. And Carmelo Anthony, from day one, probably would garner more attention than these other guys they've been playing out there. And so at the least, I think it provides maybe a few more openings for Lillard, at least less pressure on Lillard to have to carry the torch offensively. He's an isolation-type dude. He's a mid-range uh, shooter. Like Those are all things that fit into what the Blazers do offensively. But I think that's just the key component. As everybody flashed back to uh, two years ago uh, in that New Orleans Pelican series where they said, we're just going to blitz the heck out of Damian Lillard and make everybody else beat you. Let's expose the four. Let's expose the three. Let's let these guys try and beat us. I have more faith in these other guys not beating us than you know give, putting the ball in Dame's hands. Yeah. And it worked to a T end. The Blazers saw that and said, we need another threat. We need somebody else out there. Yeah, He's not going to help their defense, and he's no. probably not going to help no. their rebounding e- either. But – I mean, it's not like Portland's playing well on offense right now. No. They're ranked 19th in defense, which isn't good. And I don't think whether they signed Carmelo Anthony or not, with the roster they have now, that defense isn't going to get better. Yeah. That's where they are. But they rank 14th in offense. They're the middle-of-the-road offensive team right now. They were third in offense last season. Right. If the Blazers were playing better on offense, they would be able to win more of these games. Yep and overcome their mediocre to bad defense. Mm -hmm. And Carmelo Anthony at least gives them a chance, depending on how he plays, of being a much better offensive team. And so I think that even though he doesn't address, it does seem like their defense and rebounding and stuff like that is their most glaring weakness, but offense is also a problem right now, and he's an answer there at least, theoretically. I I mean, think back to what we were talking about a month ago, that was close to about when the NBA season started. Maybe we were a week away from the NBA season starting. And who would have ever thought 12 games into the season, the Blazers would be praying that Carmelo Anthony and Pau Gasol <laughs> come and save the season for them. Because they're they're obviously hoping at some point Pau Gasol can come back from his foot injury. We still have no idea mm-hmm. when that's going to be. But... That's not a good thing for the Blazers. If you're relying in 2019, if you're relying on Carmelo Anthony and maybe Pau Gasol somewhere down the road to try to fill a huge starting gap on your roster, that's not a good thing at all. But I'll tell you one thing: I am much more interested in the Blazers once Carme- in those first couple games after Carmelo starts playing. Because not only have the Blazers, I think, been bad this year, I think they've been pretty uninteresting. For the yeah. most part, they haven't been a fun team to watch. Usually in the past, they were always fun to watch, partially because they were so great on offense. And this year, they just haven't been that great on offense, and they haven't been a very good watch. So at the very least, it has definitely sparked renewed interest in this team after a bad 4-8 and eight start. I think that was the other like glaring thing that... Everybody has an opinion on Car- Carmelo Anthony, yeah. one way or another. Either you're like, yeah, this is awesome, or you're like, no, this is a bad idea. Don't do it, Blazers. Stop. And it's been a topic of discussion for the last, like, two years. You joked about this, but it's so true. This carried the conversation during the summer for us yeah. two years ago. Two years ago, we spent the entire summer talking about the possibility it, of Carmelo Anthony, who was with the Knicks at the time, right. before he got traded to Oklahoma City, about the possibility of him joining Dame and CJ and forming a big three CJ was even posting on his social media a, a, a 
doctored image of yeah. him in a Blazers uniform. Like, we were all over that, and yeah. yet here we are two years later, <laughs> and this thing is actually happening. But that's the one thing is that the interest level yep. is all the way up for the Portland Trail Blazers. Like, they are relevant nationally, yeah. not just locally. Everybody's talking about Like, I've got friends uh, back, like, in the Southwest and all over the country, and I was getting DMs and texts from people talking about Mellow. Yeah. And I mean, I never get messages from them to talk about the Blazers. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, social media was wild last night. Like, I stayed up so late <laughs> just looking at memes and comments and GIFs and just everything in between because – Blazers Twitter was on fire last night. Yeah, that like, was, it was it was so great to see that. That was my favorite Blazers Twitter because even like the people who were upset, they weren't like too upset, yeah. you know. So it didn't like make you angry or make you feel like depressed for that person right. for saying. It was more of like all of it wasn't fun. Yeah. You know, either like you're mad about it, but you realize this is I mean, this is a wild card thing anyways, right. or you're just over the top about it, yeah. positive, because things have been so bad for Portland, so why not roll the dice exactly. and see what happens? Exactly, here? man. I was looking at basketball reference today to just kind of I was actually trying to find comparable players in Carmelo's, you know, age thirty five, sixteenth or seventeenth uh season in the league. And something I noticed on Basketball Reference is Carmelo Anthony's page was the third, you know, highest trending page on their website <laughs> right now. And everybody's all about Carmelo right now. And we'll see how long this honeymoon lasts. Sure. Yeah. It'll depend on how he plays and how the Blazers play. But one thing I was thinking, I was trying to think of what kind of best case, worst case scenario for Carmelo Anthony's production is. And obviously we don't know because he hasn't played basketball for a year and we really don't know, you know, People have said he's in great shape, mm -hmm. um, but it's very different, you know, working out and, yeah. and you know, shoot-arounds and stuff like that than actually playing NBA basketball. But I was trying to find comparable players in his position, and there aren't a lot of them. You know, you've got your guys like Carl Malone and, you know, players who played well into their 40s, but I don't think that's a good comparison. And the guy I finally settled on uh, is Joe Johnson. You know, he's about the same size as Carmelo. He wasn't as good as Carmelo was in his prime, I don't think, but a very similar player, you know, a high a high offense player, a, a good scorer. And I was looking at his age 35 season, which is, you know, Carmelo's 35 right now, was the 2016-17 season, and he signed with the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And it was kind of a, you know, a throwaway signing almost, just a veteran trying to, you know, who was maybe going to play a few minutes. But he ended up playing – a good role for the Jazz. Not, you know, he started about 14 games that season, but he played about 25 minutes a game and had a better season than most people expected. He played about, he averaged nine points per game, you know, three rebounds, shot the ball pretty well, and had about a three war. You know, he was a yeah. he was a better than replacement a level replacement player. So I think that might be like the max of what we could see from Carmelo in my mind is just a good contributor, someone who's. I mean, I, I think if you're expecting him to start and play 30-plus minutes per oh. game, that's crazy. Yeah. But I think that that's probably what we, what the Jazz got from Joe Johnson that season is about the same. On the flip side, the next season, Joe Johnson just fell off a cliff yeah. and hasn't played since. And so I think that could be the worst-case scenario is Carmelo Anthony is right in that, you know, there are players of his of his skill level who have continued to perform even at this age, you know, Dwayne Wade, you know, some guys from his own, you know, LeBron James is still killing it. Mm -hmm. So I think he could still be productive in the role that he is going to, you know, excel in, but it's such a fine line right now. It could go either way. So yeah, and one thing that, you know, everyone has their take and their opinion on this. 
one thing I think that's kind of getting lost in this is like if people think it works, it means the Blazers will automatically win if mm. Carmelo is better than what the Blazers are throwing out there right now at the four. That might not necessarily be the case. Say Carmelo does what Jared says, averages nine points a game, shoots a decent percentage, contributes every night. That still may not be enough to help the Blazers with all their problems. They may right. still continue losing games just because if he has success with Portland, doesn't automatically isn't going to automatically transfer over to wins mm-hmm. for Portland. And so that's one thing I think that's kind of being lost in this. It's either it's going to work and the Blazers are going to win more games, yeah. or he's going to fail and the Blazers are going to continue to stink. No, it could he could be a good addition to the Blazers roster and they still stink. Right. Yeah. Because absolutely. they have more than one problem. Yes. So this isn't a, a one and, type solution. And he's like Jerry he's not gonna come in and average fifteen to twenty points a right. game. Like no. if he somehow did that, like Neil Olshay just made the move of the year right. if that somehow happens. But it's not going to happen. So you're not having in terms of a difference maker, even offensively, mm-hmm. you're not having that huge of a difference maker. And we know defensively he's not going to be one. It's hard to look past reputation and yeah. name, um, even for people that watch games on a regular basis, because you automatically go back to the mellow that was lighting it up with the Knicks or even the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. And that's not the mellow yeah. that we're going to be getting here in Portland. Yeah. And so that in itself is hard to overlook. I will say one positive with this is that it seems like from all of the reports and just random interviews that I've seen with him is that it seems like he's in a, a, a better place in, in terms of accepting what his role could be. Because remember how much of the discussion there was, oh, is, is Melo willing to t- take a back seat and come off the bench? Is he willing to have his minutes reduced, uh, not have the ball go through him on offense? And I think that he is in a better place knowing that this is his last chance yeah. is what it feels like. It is. Like this is his last opportunity to play in the league and maybe even get that final farewell that he really didn't yeah. get yeah. in Houston. I was okay. listening to an interview today with Jim Beheim, his old college coach, the Syracuse coach. Mm-hmm. And Beheim is really close still with Carmelo Anthony. And he said that he's spoken to Carmelo a lot in the past few months. And Carmelo talks a lot about how he just wants to get back in the, the NBA. You know, he's in a better place you know, with his family and with, every, you know, his personal life than he's ever been. And he just wants another chance at the NBA and he's willing to play whatever role is available for him. You got to think getting dropped by Houston last year and basically blamed for all of their problems in the beginning of the season when he was responsible for some of their problems, but certainly wasn't the only reason they started so poorly last season. That had to be humbling for mm. him. Yeah. And then to have no other teams, you know, sign him for a year, I, I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't a little bit more. Sorry Love that, that ringtone there, Jared. <laughs> There's some Parks and Rec ringtone there. That's right. That's my ringtone. Um, but, yeah, so he's humbled, and hopefully he can come into a situation where I think this is still a good locker room. You've still got a great leader in Damian Lillard, a great players coach in Coach Stotts. I mean, if it's going to work out for Carmelo Anthony, Portland seems like a good location for him to, to have that last hurrah. And it was reported that, not only did Neil Olshay speak with Carmelo before the Blazers have taken the steps forward to go to signing him, but Terry Stotts did as well. It was right. reported, spoke with him. And I have to imagine that conversation was exactly what Jared talked about, what his role and what he expects out of him in Portland. And nationally, in terms of if this ends up being a positive, nationally people have drawn the comparison to Dwight Howard, who's kind of towards the end of his career, 
and this year has had to accept a role with the Lakers that he was unwilling to accept previously. And so far in the first three, four weeks of the season, he's thrived in it for the Lakers. He's been one of the bench players in the league. So that's the best case scenario for Carmel Anthony. But I, you're right, Jared. I have to imagine... I have to imagine that this being his last opportunity, his last chance, means something. He has said that before, though, so that's why I'm hedging a little bit. He has said that before. He said it with Houston, and we saw they couldn't last more than 10 games with him. But that was Houston's choice. Yeah. I mean, he, he was not good on defense, and I think that was the main reason they cut him. But it was a drastic move what they did to someone like Carmelo Anthony because he was performing at least okay on offense, And he was accepting his role. You know, he came off the bench to start the season and then injuries happen. And so they put him into the starting lineup. He performed in the starting lineup. The four games that he started, Mm -hmm. he averaged like 20 points per game, shot almost 50% from the field, like 40 something percent from three. And granted, his defense was bad. Mm -hmm. But I think that was more on on Houston than, than Carmelo Anthony. I think that in Oklahoma City, he was not willing to accept any role but a starter's position. But I think he did, you know, he was different in in Houston, and that was their decision that that they made. Tim Legler had some great segments today uh, on ESPN talking about that and that Houston didn't really use him the right way, the way he was supposed to be. He's like, he's never going to be a spot-up shooter. Like, stop that. Stop, uh, you know, he needs to create for himself off of ISOs and, you know, knock down the mid-range jumper. So I agree with that. it, It wasn't the right fit for him. And at least going into this, like, the Blazers, I'm assuming, would have made this very clear. We need a four. You may not have liked playing the four in the past, but this is what we need you to do. Are you cool with that? Yes or no? That's a position he played with the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people have said that in the past, that if he just, you know, accept a role on an NBA team like he did on the Olympic team, where a lot of times he came off the bench and he played the four and played some of his best basketball when he played for Team USA. Yeah. And he hasn't shown a lot of willingness to do that, but I do think he did a little bit last season in Houston, and it just he was just a scapegoat for how they started the season. Right. It, um, Stephen A. Smith, he talked to him uh, about it in a one-on-one interview, very candid, very open, um, and hearing him talk about how vulnerable he was after that, uh, having heart-to-hearts with, with Chris Paul and – just mentioning that dark place of going from being wanted to not wanted and being dropped um, was, to your point, very humbling for him. And so I think that just being older, more mature, I don't feel like that is going to be an issue for the Blazers. The the toxic, you know, reputation that some people or baggage that that some people think is there, I don't think that's going to be it if this doesn't work. I yeah. think it's going to be he can't ball anymore right. or it, and or he just doesn't fit what the Blazers need, which is, you know, maybe they need a little more defense than they thought. But one person we haven't heard like hardly anything. We've been from hogging today. the mic. Man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Max, what are your thoughts, man? Well, I agree with you guys that, you know, it was appeared to be a very desperate move. Um, the group think on Mello is overwhelming as far as his basketball talent. And wh- to me, when that happens in sports, I wouldn't be surprised if the opposite happens. Can you explain what you mean by like wh- what is he's the washed. group thing? He's of? washed. Okay. He, can't play, he can't move laterally. Yeah. Like, this is a great move for content. This isn't a great move for basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys would all agree with that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, Kendrick Perkins, the very outspoken Kendrick Perkins, just tweeted today that he thinks Melo's going to shine in Portland and prove everybody wrong. It could happen. It totally yeah. could happen. And when it, when everyone thinks one thing is going to happen, sometimes <laughs> the opposite can surprise yeah. everybody. Well, to, so be to, on the lookout for that. To Max's point of the opposite happening, we all thought this was the year that we'd finally trust the Blazers and things would be <laughs> all good as they go for championship team. aspirations. And now look at them, 4-8 and eight signing Carmelo Anthony off the streets. So to Max's point, you never know. Something that was interesting, and I think it was Woj who reported it, is that, and I don't know if this is true, but you got to take it as, you know, as something that, that actually did happen, is that Neil Shea was in, in touch with Carmelo Anthony's agent since preseason. Yeah. That this was something, I mean, maybe the Blazers knew that their depth at the four was a problem. You're saying Neil Olshay may not have been telling the public the truth. <laughs> he That's may what, have been overselling. Yeah, you're yeah. saying that, Jared? Never. I'm just saying maybe they looked at Carmelo Anthony as an option to in, increase their depth this season, and you know that was just exasperated or um, just made worse with with Zach Collins' injury. And so I don't know. It's it's almost like we've been waiting two years for this to happen. <laughs> now it has. <laughs> it has. It feels very realistic that Neil Olshay would have a list of guys, um, you know, because that's his job. It it's is to his look job. Ahead it's to and, foresee yeah. pretty much right. any circumstance yeah. that could pop up in the future. That's and, his and, job. And part of that is keeping con- in contact with agents, with players, just to see how things are going. To So he knows, do I mark this plan X off? Yeah. You know, A, B, C, D. Like, where where do they stand two weeks in, month in? Like, who knows who else is on Olshay's list of yeah. guys that, that are next, you know, or even come December when we're talking trade or potential trades there. And right. we've and we've known this entire time that Damon CJ, if the Bla- if Olshay he knew if he ever came forward to them probably and being like, What do you guys think of this idea? that at least Dame would sign off on it. So mm-hmm. that was probably one of the reasons that he kept in contact with Carmelo is the fact that, you know, no one else was gonna sign him. Cause, and so, you know, Dame is okay with having him on the roster and if things got as bad as they have been through the first twelve games Here's the last-ditch effort for you. All right, prediction time. We're just going to keep this very simple, though. Yeah. Do you think Carmelo Anthony will make the Blazers better, worse, or the same? I'm going to say the same. My gut tells me the same. I think they're going to be a little bit better. I think he'll make their offense a little bit better. Okay. And I don't think he can make their defense worse. (laughs) Yeah. Because their defense is already bad. All right, Max, you you seem to be I'm pretty going, high just a couple minutes ago. Well, no, I'm just saying expect the unexpected is yeah, my yeah. point. But I'm yeah. s- I'm with you guys. I'm saying the same. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But let's say – let me ask you guys this. Let's say it do- it's very clear it's not working out. He can't play defense, extremely inefficient. It, he's hurting the team. How long of a leash does Olshay give him? I know the contract isn't guaranteed until January, right? Yeah. Like, how, I mean, is there a PR hit – that you, that you have to avoid by keeping him a certain amount of time? Or does that – how long do you guys think they would keep well, him around? You, you obviously don't drop him after one game. Then you, get, <laughs> then you got a sure, PR hit yeah. coming. But, I mean, if I would think a month is probably about what they would need. I mean, how far are we into the season right now? 12 games? So twelve ga- give him 12 games. I mean, we've made a lot of declarations about the Blazers and feel pretty comfortable about it, the team. 12 games in, so I feel you could probably do the same with an individual player. That's a pretty decent sample mm-hmm. size. Yeah. And I think you have to consider the alternative. I mean, even if he's not working out, 
is it really going to be better to go back to playing Anthony Tolliver or Mario Hazonia? I mean, how, how little, bad does yeah. he have to be to be a worse option than what they already have? It, it At that point, it depends what your organizational goals are because Max just brought up Nasir Little. Like, okay, Aunt Carmelo Anthony's not working. We obviously know Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia aren't the answer. Say the Blazers continue to struggle. They're obvi- they don't want to throw in the towel, but at the same time, you have to look at ways you can improve your organization right now. So if Carmelo Anthony's on the roster and he's taking minutes from a young guy like Nasir Little who could use those valuable minutes, then I would – I would go with little at that point. Like it kind of is throwing in the towel for the season, but you have to think short and long term. And the usage taking the usage away from Anthony Simons. That right. too. You have they have young players on this roster that while they're trying to win, they're also trying to develop players at the same time. And you can't have if Carmelo's not performing, you can't have someone like him stunting their development and progress. That's a valuable minutes even in a season that could be washed. Yeah. That you don't want to sacrifice because you still have Dame and CJ in that window. Yeah, you do. In that prime window. And if you can make Anthony Simons better, if you can make Nasir Little better, you have to. 100% agree. Instead of a, a you know on a guy that's done probably after this year. Yeah. Carmelo has until at least December 15th. Because mm-hmm. Neil can be, you know, on the phones leading up to that and maybe have a trade ready to go at that time if, if Carmelo's not working out. And I think that would fit our timeline about if he starts playing sometime next week, that'd be probably around 12 games and you'd have yeah. enough you know, body of evidence to know what you have. And yeah, December 15th comes around, you could start wheeling and dealing maybe, and I, I like that timeline. Yep, yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think that's the one thing that we got out of this is that Carmelo Anthony has made the Portland Trail Blazers interesting. <laughs> yes. Again, yeah. Yes, that's for sure. And so we'll put together another interesting podcast in a week. Yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully he'll have played a game. I mean, it would have to be the Pelicans game since that's the earliest he would play before our next podcast. Hopefully he does play Tuesday and we can at least talk one game of what we saw from Mello. Yeah, so Jared, where can we get the podcast, man? Uh, go find it wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. Just search 3 on 3 Blazers. You can find it. Subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell your friends if you like the Blazers. And you like three on three blazers? Tell them about it. If you know Carmelo Anthony fans, tell them <laughs> yes, about it. We want right. to grow this family. He is now part of the Rip City community. Yeah, one hundred percent. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week, better than ever. See you.